Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. Trisden and Ray back again for a little extreme common sense. Extreme. <laughs> so Ray, I think what we're doing here a little bit is we're going to do some topical stuff. And then our hope is that we have a decent enough conversation that by the time you hear this and it's no longer topical, a valued listener, that there's still something that you can take away from it. So, yeah, I like uh, that conversation. That, that's actually kind of all this is, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Conversation. Yeah, hopefully, conversation that uh, dozens, if not tens of dozens, of folks may one day listen to. Remember Bernie Mac? He was a thousand air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hood rich. It's a great term. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So today, I think in the news and uh, sort of up for discussion, uh, those that have social media, which hopefully you can find us on Tristan and Ray, Extreme Common Sense, uh, Simone Biles, and ah. the nature of mental health in sports. And I'm glad you told me. I was wondering what today's topic was. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, 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 and I never, think... Never, you know, never the first to the, to the game, but... <laughs> and okay, ne- cool. And next week, we're, we're going to start preparing and talking about it before yeah, the right, show. Right, right, right. That- <laughs> but Simone Biles, so we're going to talk about, I would assume, um, her, but not specific to her, just kind of maybe that generational difference between the approaches to this without it, sounding like two old men <laughs> and that'll you're be some, not old but i am it'll be some work for well i've, I've got that mentality i'm older than my years old so. soul. yeah but no i think there it's, is a generational right and um difference isn't there yeah definitely. so lay out the simone biles thing for the maybe perhaps uninitiated anybody on earth and, living and, in a cave yeah, right and again was, you're probably hearing this two months after the olympics were over well, perhaps but the just a dominating story you know it took over the olympics for a couple of days yeah which was a sort of uh, Simone Biles, you know, the most decorated women's gymnast in modern history, yeah, I maybe guess, ever, all yeah, history. Ever, right? And uh, she she got to the Olympics and and, and uh, sort of wasn't feeling up to it, and said mentally, "I'm I'm just not right. I'm not going to put myself at risk, and I'm not gonna not gonna go." Right now, this is the biggest stage, I would guess, probably. Um, well, it is. In gymnastics. Uh, I mean, you don't watch gymnastics, right? I don't watch right. diving or track, but I do a couple During... weeks every four years. Yeah. yeah that's we it. just do, you know? Yeah. And it's actually entertaining. Right. So, and, and I think uh, one side of this seems to fall on, you know, sort of the old man, get off my lawn, suck it up, get up, no matter how you feel, and do your freaking thing. That's like, it. there's then, then, of course, the other school of thought, which is, you know, give her a break she's got a mental issue right now and and we've got to be better with mental illness and we have to be more accepting i mean i don't know if this is a one side is right or there's a little bit of gray area there's there's a hundred percent gray area but it does um it it certainly does cut across generational lines because i got home one day and and said to my son man this simone biles kid you know you really got to suck it up this is the biggest stage and raymond said to me who's 25 I knew you'd say that. (laughs) So it was already, you know, the die was cast on that. Nice. Uh, But no, there's certainly gray. I mean, mental health is an absolute issue that's now in the forefront. And and really, Tristan, it wasn't 
30 or 40 years ago. I mean, I, or even going further back, I've often thought about the World War II generation, right? The, the vets who came home, my dad was one, uh, you know, decorated Battle of the Bulge, Purple Heart. And I'm certain that he struggled. I'm certain because years later, he talked with me about it as, as, as we got older. Um, but, you know, there was nowhere for those guys to go. And further, we had won the war, you know, air quotes, we had won the war. And um, everybody was in that mind frame. So if you were somebody who was suffering, they looked at you like, what the hell are you? What is wrong with you, man? We were on top of the world and America was. Right. But that doesn't mean there weren't guys who were suffering greatly from PTSD right. with almost nowhere to turn. Yeah. So that wasn't great, right? Yeah. Now, like so many things, the pendulum has fully swung <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, maybe is there too much of a focus? You know, I won't say there's too much of a focus on mental illness okay. because I think we there's so much room I think to grow as a society. But right. is there a little? And again, this could almost get political. But is there a little? Has the pendulum swung a little too far in terms of are we a little too concerned about every little thing? And yes, I think, I think so. That's probably fair. So if you're looking at a situation now, if this is a situation where Simone woke up and said, "Yeah, and I'm not feeling it." then yeah, I think she deserves some scorn. But if it's a a legitimate mental situation, and having watched a really great interview on uh, Bob Costas' new HBO show last week, I don't know if you happen to catch that. I've not, no. So Costas has a new show. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's quarterly. Anyway, it was a really good interview with one of her teammates that laid it out that she has what's called, I hate saying it, it just sounds so weird, the twisties. And I guess what this is... It's like the yips in golf? Kind of like the yips. Kind of like if you remember Chuck Knobloch a few years ago. sure. Just could not throw the ball to first. But the problem is, is that you get in the air and you get lost. Wow. So unless you sort of have your mind right, and it can be very dangerous. I guess an Olympian at one point broke her neck sort of with the twisties. And they say... You know, it's a situation, maybe you can go to the bathroom, take a walk, get a drink of water, and you're good. Maybe you sleep the next morning, you get up, and you're good to go. Or maybe it never leaves. But apparently she had a bit of this. So it was a pretty genuine fear with somebody that's doing some athletic maneuvers that no one in history has ever done. And can be dangerous. You don't want to get lost in the air doing 11 team flips and and coming down on that. That's not being able to throw the ball from second to first base. That's dangerous. They can keep putting you out there if you can't throw the ball. You know, through Rick Ankeel, the old Cardinals pitcher who had to be sent down because he lost it pitching and couldn't throw a strike. Like this is, you know, you fall down and break your neck. So after watching that interview, I sort of said, it uh, makes a lot the of twisties. sense. No, twisties. I, I, first I heard that. Mm, yeah. That's cool. So okay. it was pretty interesting. And, and you think about it, like, yeah, you get out on the basketball court and you're having a, a mental day and you can't find the rim. Like, you go over eight. And so the tw- I don't know if she expanded on it, but the twisties are related to your mindset? Like exactly. Like, it's to- just you. you have essentially sort of lost your way. Usually temporarily, but even in extreme cases, you could be indefinite. Yeah, and it's the yips in golf where obviously you can roll the ball from here to that wall eight feet, but you just can't do it anymore. And you can't do it with any accuracy. That's not a mechanical thing. Right. Because the mechanics of that aren't terribly difficult. You just can't get your mind around it. So that was Simone's. Okay, well, that sheds a little light on it. I actually hadn't heard that. It was a phenomenal interview. And uh, I've recommend if you get a chance again it was bob costas new show back on the record on hbo those of us you know, you've probably got it you could pull it up on dvr Man, costas is a great interviewer but you, you know what Tristan? then that kind of begs another question or leads us down another path so that sounds legitimate and it's actually something that you know they've 
categorized the twisties or or labeled that's an awful name though yeah. right <laughs> kind got, of a corny i can't name. compete well, i've got gym, the twisties except for gymnastics it right. actually works right Fair the enough. twisties because yeah. they do some twisting and turning but then you get into that whole place where we're just at now as a society that is constantly uh, you know you pick a side so we can scream about it online right or you just get beaten to death for even bringing up any dissent to right. the notion other than we need to be completely sympathetic to Simone Correct. and you know understand fully you can't even say well you know to what degree could we suck it up a little bit then you're just right. then you're just a jackass no and i think that's a good question because again i having played baseball football basketball golf any normal you know american middle class sport um, yeah, that's, you know, I've played with an eye swollen shut in baseball after getting hit with a grounder and it's right. not a, yeah, I'm going to take a day. It's like, get your A back out right. the third base, you right. know, get in front of the next one just well, like you did. I mean that, that, yes. So, so that's part of it too. Uh, but that is changing. I mean, and this is a little bit off the topic of the mental illness, although ironically it all leads back, but football, you know, is I'll watch with buddies of mine who were the old, you know, usually in the bar where I work. And so it's on and these are 54. 60-year-old guys, and, you know, the, they flag a, a defender for hitting the quarterback too hard or whatever it is. And, oh, man, they're, they're, they're ruining the game. They're changing the game. Yes, they're changing the game. Can yeah. you not see this? They're trying to make it a less violent game because right. of, ironically, mental health. Right. And, and what is it, the C... CTEs, yes. CTE. the shots in the head continue. Right. So, yeah, they're changing the game. I mean, what is so difficult to understand? And I'll even get, you know, some young kids, you know, the romantic young boys, right, that want to, and yes, they are changing the game. Right. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And you have to, right? Like, I'm... You know what? It is tough. I mean, you grow up and you love the big hits. I mean, the NFL, Yo, you do. they made millions of dollars millions selling of dollars. videos every Absolutely. year. Best hits. That's Get it 1995. Exactly so we right. all grew up with that. Exactly right, so man. So it is a change from that. And, and God, you, Tristan, I read a book by a, a Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum played in the 70s. He was on those great Raiders teams. He was an Ohio State grad. And his book was, enti- was titled, They Call Me Assassin. And him and George Atkinson, his teammate, used to make a bet every year before the season start who could knock out more guys. Oh, wow. Now, the serious tragedy to Tatum is he's the guy who hit Daryl Stingley, who wound up the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Paralyzed him. Right. But Tatum was just an animal. But his whole thing was, how many guys can I knock out? I mean, that and, – and if you go back and look at some of the footage from the 70s, I mean, the quarterbacks just got wiped out, yeah. man. They just right. got killed. Yeah, the Terry Bradshaws of the world, like the best in those These eras. Were tough like- guys. They deserve a lot more credit. Like, were you weren't getting guys. sheltered by the refs like these no. days. And it, no. it's, yeah, it's, it, I think it's for the best. It I is. mean, the progression in that and, and some yeah. of these men like, um, the, the Bears quarterback from the 84 yeah, team. McMahon. McMahon. Yeah. He, I, I watched an interview with him, ironically enough. Crazy dude. Crazy. But a lot of fun. And now <laughs> he's a lot like of fun. not super old, probably your age. Yeah. And has yeah. to set a GPS to find his way home. Oh, is that right? It's just he's... not a wonderful situation. Like, he's fine-ish. But well, ish. Ish. Yeah. yeah. I no, mean, you, you hit age 60 and those and yeah. those shots start to, start to take a toll. And it is kind of related to where we find ourselves now, Simone Biles and others, because it is... Uh, an effort to protect people from winding up in that kind of fashion, right? Right. And it is now being talked about, where in the day it was not, man. It just wasn't. Yeah, and I think, too, it's, you know, even from when you grow up, and we've probably had this conversation off air, but it's, 
how people look at mental health and counseling and some of these things, you know, at what point in your life did you even have the slightest inkling that it wasn't looked at as a weakness? Sure. I mean, was there ever a point? Sure, have you no. ever hit a point where you've, that it's looked at as like, oh no, that's, that's pretty normal. Yeah, no, I haven't, but it should be. Right. Well, and it I think be. for me, and this, you know, this was later on, but I watched The Sopranos and I think, are, yes. are you a Sopranos guy? Oh man, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. Well, there was <laughs> Tony. Bruce and, to Bruce and Tony. It was the first to me sort of a cultural shift that, you know, this big tough well, guy, Tony Soprano was going to true. a counselor. That's very true. And that kind of, they said, I've seen some studies on that, that that opened a lot of doors. Like this is not a weakness. Like in, in, you know, in your younger days, you're like 60s, 70s, probably like it was a, if you're mentally effed up a little bit, you're probably just going to drink yourself to death right. or you're going to self-medicate over ever going to actually just talk to another man about your problems. Sure. It was looked at as a weakness. I mean, let's just call it what it was. It right. was looked at as a weakness. And in fact, it was probably one of the best things you could have done for yourself. But that is a fair point. If for those who don't know the Sopranos, it wasn't just a mob show. I could never get my New Jersey brother to watch it. Oh, it's a terrible depiction of New Jersey. Nah, well, first of all, it's not because I did know <laughs> I did know some of those guys. Nice. Um, but, You're here on Witness Protection, right? Yeah, but there were probably some who think that. But the other thing is, it was just a great show. Uh, yeah, it was violent at times, and it was about the mafia, but it was a, mainly about this man trying to come to terms with all of the duress that he was under and the stress. And I, what I loved about it, too, was it showed this, you know, high-end mobster, but he had the exact problems we have. Struggling with his kids, you know, fights with his wife, disagreements with his wife, family members driving him nuts, you know, everything that we all right. experience. In a day-to-day existence. So relatable. So relatable. Yeah. So relatable. That's it. That's what made him such a great character. But, no, I think, you know, what shows like like that allow guys like you and me, who grew up the way we did, to say, well... Maybe it's not the end of the world. I mean, I've, I've, I've spoke to a counselor that, you know, I've had a couple of times in my life yeah. where I felt like you know, I didn't want to burden the people around me with this constant, you know, whatever stress that I had well, and, and found it uh, to be quite, uh, quite uplifting to absolutely. me. Absolutely. And what they say about it is you get an objective view. You know, if you're talking to a family member or you're talking to your spouse, you know, it's not like talking to somebody who doesn't have a vested interest in your life other than as a professional there to help you. Right. So they're not going to probably be as emotional. They're, they're not going to tend towards telling you things that you sort of want to hear, right? right. It's, exactly. it's just a third-party view yeah. of your life, which is nice because it, it unburdens nice. you from a lot of things. Right. You know, you got a lot of baggage when you're talking to people close to you because you have to protect their feelings. They protect right. yours. Sure. This person looks at it and says, you know, and, and, and you wonder if there are times where they think to themselves, oh, man, <laughs> this person needs to suck it up, right? But, but oh, I'm sure. You know, uh, you know I, there, I'm sure there's, there's that element for sure. Yeah. But think about this, though, in terms of where mental health has, has come. I mean, there's, you know, we're both big sports guys. Is there a professional uh, North American sports team that doesn't have a uh, mental health counselor on staff? I bet there's not. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's true. So, I mean, I think probably maybe 10 years ago, but 15, 20 years ago, I bet that would not have been the case. Oh, no, it wouldn't have been the case. And certainly not back in, you know, Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? uh, Yeah, No. No. (laughs) Well, you can't imagine because Williams was just just supposed to be that guy. And ironically, he was was maybe the greatest hitter uh, ever in baseball, but just apparently a pretty miserable person in life. Yeah, no, you know? a lot of those, well, and, and a lot of savants in uh, a yeah. lot of different genres of entertainment and sport and just 
tend to be kind of miserable, miserable people. Yeah, and, and you know, so you, to, the, what you said earlier is is really a great point. You, you don't want to find yourself questioning, right? the validity of anybody's claim of uh, of struggle with issues of depression and anxiety and stress and so forth but then there is that you know what we we call the show extreme common sense from the left to the right to the right of the left so so we're kind of talking about that left wing look at it you know we we have to consider all this but then there is that more conservative approach of there is a point at which you got to suck it up and say okay not everything is great but i need to go on right and that's now, the and, tough part, right? Yeah, and, and I think for me, I guess, in the case of Simone Biles, that argument ends at safety. So, oh, like, again, great. you could pull that out with Chuck Knobloch. You know, you could probably even pull that out with a f- football player with a mental thing, you know, with the yips, for example. But I think, you know, if you're going to do something that puts your life in jeopardy or certainly your, you know, your state of being for the rest of your life, like – yeah, you probably you have to err on the side of caution. Well, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable um, to, to arrive at that place. Um, but you know, but but then you're combining the mental and the physical. So if you just from a strictly you know inside your own head standpoint, you know, at, at what place? So let me put put it this way: My brother is a 32 year high school English teacher, right? Who lost his mother, our mom passed away of colon cancer when I was 19 and Tommy was 15. He was a sophomore in high school, 1979. And he remembers what his recollection is. You know, there were obviously a few of his friends or more than a few who were offered their condolences and such, but he never remembers a staff member, guidance counselor, teacher ever saying to him, you know, what can we do for you? Now he's taught 32 years and all along that this, what we're talking about has grown and now you'll have guidance counselors come up and say you know take it easy on trisden you know he's his folks are are, are separated and you, you need to or, or even that's a little dramatic even you know less than that you know i don't really? want to say a hang now but yeah that's often, amazing please take it easy and and he also talks about the kids who know that and game the system yeah who make wow. it work for them you know so for him it's a little personal because my mom died when i was a sophomore in high school yeah and in the 70s you just kind of yeah. Went on, right? And now you've, I mean, the pendulum has swung fully it's in the amazing. ensuing, what's that, 40 years now. So, See, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize. And, and, and again, it's, there's a lot of good there. Like, there's a lot of good to be able to say this kid's, you know, got there an abusive is. home life. There Let's is. not be extra hard on him because or her. That's because, essentially it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah, you really can take advantage of that. You really can take advantage. You know, of and that. if you're a, and that's probably the, a smart kid, the, yeah. you're going to. Well, then that's it. Yeah. Or a cunning kid, you know, somebody yeah. who's you got a little wisdom. So that's so that's where it gets really, really difficult. Yeah. You know, that's where it gets really difficult. Yeah. And you don't want to sound callous. You don't want to sound harsh. But there are some people who, you know, take advantage. Right. And people need discipline, right? Like, are we, I think so. is the left coming from a place where, you know, everybody gets a pass for everything? No. I mean, well, it, sometimes it seems that way. Well, no, my my answer to that is no, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it absolutely sometimes th- seems that way. And you would have conservatives tell you that's why you're at the place you're at now, because you've allowed so much of that. But I think what they miss, Tristan, is the point you just made. You, you want to it, – it's a good thing that these things are being talked about where they weren't in the past. It's, it's all in an effort to make all of society better. 
But along that path, man, there's some stumbles and there's some hiccups right. and there's some people who are going to take advantage. Yeah. I mean, and 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 so the one side just looks at it as a negative, the other as a positive, and the truth is somewhere in the middle because yeah. not, because let, look, not all of it is has been a positive. It hasn't. Right there. To me, it's it's food stamps, right? It's of course you're going to have a lot of people take advantage of it, but you're probably better off to give a few million dollars in food stamps to people who don't need or deserve them to take care of the millions of people well, who do. So we're maybe? off the topic now of mental health, but on kind of a little different. Well, that was more subject. of an analogy in the same. But, but I agree yes. with you. To me, that's often what's missed by our conservative friends is that these programs that get taken advantage of, I don't think were ever put in place for people to take advantage of them. It wasn't like somebody sat down in the 30s when Roosevelt instituted Social Security, Medicare, and said, "Oh, we want to put this program in place just so people can take advantage." Right. of it. No, it was to help people. And often I think, you know, respectfully, conservatives miss that. Yeah. Well, and people are always going to take advantage. Like, there are people you know, who are going to take advantage. You're a boss at your job. I'm sort of a boss at my job. People take advantage of certain things. They do. Like, there's no perfect solution to make everybody good. Absolutely not. And there's no black and white answer to all this no. stuff. So, I mean, when you find something that's pretty good, you probably got to roll with it. Yeah. And, and along the way of finding that pretty good, there are some problems and some hiccups and right. some bruised knees and right. some hurt feelings, you know, and that, that's just part of trying to get to a better place. And let me ponder this question to you back to Simone. And I think, again, I think society has progressed. You're always going to have your, you know, your folks that always err on the side of, ah, she's got to do it and kind of do better. But uh, I think she's had a lot of certainly media attention with a lot of folks that have really had her back. Certainly, oh, absolutely. certainly on the left. Absolutely. So, right. Is there as much of that if Simone is a young man? Well, that's another issue. And, um, I, and I've heard some great discussion. I'll let you answer, but I, I, I think you know. I don't know that men get as much of a pass for mental illness or any type of issues as a, and and hopefully we're progressing. But I, I still I feel like maybe she would have. She did better than, say, Michael Phelps, who also is he did has mental illness. He, he but does, if he yeah. had taken off a swim race, I guess that's what they, you call they, it, a swim race. I think have, uh, meet, I, yeah, swimming. swim meet. I think people would have said really like I they think would he would have taken it a little beat worse. him up a little a, more, a little harder. Yeah, that's yeah, probably true. Yeah, and maybe it's not as dangerous, so maybe that's a bad analogy. But any any more thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I actually hadn't thought of that. But but then again, you get into another sticky wicket because you misogynist. Come on, Tristan, how can you even say that? Well, what you're saying is perhaps true. I I guess that's the that's the tough part. If you're saying things that are relatively, uh, you know, not relatively, but are are, are along the lines of a truism, then how do you get beaten up for it? Yeah, no, well, and I, I think in part of I think what we're doing here is I think it's okay to have the conversation. We may not always get it exactly right, and we'll probably hear some folks that chime in at some point online and say, you really missed this, and you guys are dumb because you missed it, but we're just having a conversation. We're not saying this is the absolute, you know, the way or whatever. So, no, I think it's good to have conversations, even if they're a little touchy. And you know what I often think about, Tristan, and it does tie into all of this in a maybe in a roundabout way, but I think about my dad's generation. So I was raised by the members of the greatest generation, as Brokaw called them, the World War II folks that, you know, first they came through the Depression, then they won World War II. And they were a humble bunch. And I don't just speculate on that. I knew my dad, obviously, and his friends. And man, and, and this is not to disparage anybody in any way, so please don't take it that way. But it's just 
by way of example to show you what I'm talking about. My dad would have no more put a uh, a Purple Heart, you know, recipient on his license plate than poke his eye out because that just is not what that generation did. And in a kind of a way, it's all to me part and parcel like – you know, everybody has to know everything about you. And and that's maybe a little off the mental health issue. But for that, Tristan, I blame Oprah. <laughs> Always blame Oprah. Uh, it all know, comes back to that it, damn it, it Winfrey. It all comes back to Winfrey, man, because she, she, she came up with this concept. Now, some people say it was started earlier, Phil Donahue and such. But where people were willing to go in front of literally millions or tens of millions, if you took her television numbers, and talk about the most intimate details of their life. Now, to me... There should be some humility in that, right? I'm a 60-year-old man. My dad has right. long, long left us. So that's an old-time approach, an old-time look at things. I get that, but I'm not so sure that was bad. Humility is a pretty good trait that is in really, really short supply, I believe, in 2021. Oh, and I, I definitely think that I'll pull your old man card on that one. I mean, the days of humble human beings, man, well, and, I don't and know. And social media hasn't helped, right? No. I mean, <laughs> It's only know, exacerbated every, and accelerated. Right. Everything's a humble brag man look at look right. at my house look yeah, at my car brag. look at my job nice. so even if you're trying you, you, oh, pseudo yeah. humbleism oh yeah no absolutely like you know people oh just washing the car today look at my 2021 mercedes you know what i mean it's trying to make <laughs> it about humble brag yeah, i can't sure believe you I haven't heard that, that. Yeah, oh once great. you're on facebook you'll, you'll catch up with the lingo <laughs> humble brag yeah so it's actually a strategy Right. Oh, no, well, I'm a humble guy. But. Well, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just working in the fields with my brand new $150,000 tractor. <laughs> that you know, is funny. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we do sound like old men. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think uh, to that point, I think with social media, I think um, you know somebody once told me, and God, I you know I, I really hope I never say anything that even sounds remotely racist, and I don't think you can have a blanket statement about any culture without it sounding a little racist. So it's certainly don't want this to be a blanket statement about the culture. But somebody once told me, and tell me if it was you, a long time ago. So uh, you see. So if it does sound racist, if it you does can blame sound racist, me. I blame Ray. <laughs> and and it, it made a lot of sense to me at the time. But it was, uh, you know, it was somebody that you know drove a donk car, like an old, uh, like an old Cadillac with the, like twenty seven inch wheels on it, just right. blaring, you know, music. And right. it was like, and I think the the comment was something like, if you imagine a culture that has been repressed for two hundred years and they felt like they've never been noticed, look at me now. You know, so I've got this nice car or I've got this loud music and you're not going to not notice me anymore. So so now that's true. So and, you've and, seen and, that, I think, and, with social media and everybody's like, look at me, whether, you know, they've maybe not all been oppressed or a, a, a minority group. But I do think there is some of that, not as an entire culture, but even and I'll let you talk, I promise. But, you know, I grew up dirt, dirt poor for a time of my life. You know, we didn't have uh, indoor plumbing. So I think for me, I've got, my wife makes fun of me all the time. Like, oh, geez, you got to have the brand. You got to get the brand stuff. And there is some, like, once you've been really, really poor, like, it is kind of a look at me sometimes. Oh, I think absolutely. I I think in the case of, I mean, let's just put it into, you know, stop dancing around the fact of whether or not it's racist. Just to put it into the, uh, uh, the realm of black folks, I've often thought that a lot of that show was exactly that, whether it's the, you know, the guy with the end zone dance and the spiking and, and yeah, the, they're saying, look at me, you, you've, you've kept me down for so long. Now I've got an opportunity to, to, to showcase my abilities and I'm going to make you, 
aware of it. Right. I mean, I think Ali probably was the, the, was you, the guy who started you nailed it. it. Yeah. And white America didn't like that very much. I mean, right. they just didn't. Yeah. You know? No, and what does white America like, you know? Well, I, I tell you, man, that's the question for the ages. We're way off mental health now. But yeah, that, we that's, were. That's the question, isn't it? I, I still think when uh, when historians look back, we're, you and I are living in this moment, and it's 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 hard, if not impossible, to to get any kind of a real objective view at an at a at, at a society while it's you know while you're engaged in it. I'm a lover of history. That's the historians look back fifty, a hundred years, and that's going to be the question, Tristan. I think that's going to be the question. What was the appeal? You know, what was it that white America was so enraged about? And, and, uh, and you know, I don't know what the country's going to look like in 50 or 100 years. I have my, I have my um, you know, suspicions about that. I don't think it's going to look like it does now. I think the power structure is going to be a little bit different. Um, but I think that's where we find ourselves. It was that last gasp of that white Anglo-Saxon Protestant trying to hang on to everything they could. Yeah, right. I That's probably another topic for another just, show. Yeah, that could, that could, yeah, we could do a couple shows on that probably. Because we certainly know those people, don't we? <laughs> Man, indeed. So uh, I guess going back to the mental health, what is there anything in your generation? And you're a pretty open-minded guy. Like, you know, we all have our age, but you're pretty open to, to other ideas and other views. Like, is there anything that's going to make your average 55-year-old white man really look at uh, mental health different than they already do? I mean, is it ever going to not be a weakness? or is Man, it- that's, that is brutal, isn't it? That's really tough. I, I, I mean, I think you make a great point with Tony Soprano. I don't know if that was the... I don't know if that's David Chase was the creator of that show. I don't know if he he was had that in mind. He may have because he's a brilliant man. But you know, I think it's like everything else, right? Everybody hated homo. I shouldn't say everybody hated, but people struggled with homosexuality till they realized, hey, every family has those, right? They struggled with black folks until a couple moved next door and they were wonderful people. So I, I would say that when you your buddies go and and talk about you know how it's helped them, that's probably where it starts to change and some. Some of that, you know, some of those, um, you know, stigmas that are attached to going and speaking to an analyst start to start to fall away. Yeah, that's a very good point. So yeah, hopefully there's hopefully there's room for for us uh, old folks who played through high school football concussions and you know took baseballs to, to be the a little face more and, sympathetic. Yeah, to, to certainly. Yeah, try to understand and sympathize and say it is a bit of a different generation and hopefully we're moving in a better, uh, kinder place. But then you still have the problem and we're going to wrap this show up because we've already killed a half hour, but we could do another half hour because you still have that place where, you know, when's it too much? Yeah, and that's the tough question. <laughs> well, <laughs> or is it ever too much? Some people might say, "Well, it can't be too much because you're trying to solve the problem of mental health." So, you know, it, it everything should be discussed and talked about. That's the beauty of the Oprah's approach. And and uh, you True. know, she might tell you that. She might tell you that what I I did what I did because people shouldn't repress anything. But then, you know, back to the kind of humility thing, uh, you know. Well, and and I grin think- and bear it. I I don't know. I've some merit to grin and bear it. Yeah, well, I think depending on what it is, right? Like, you know, you can't live your whole life like a four-year-old with a skint knee that cries about it. So, right. of course, there is a line where you can't be you protected know, from everything, Tristan. Right, and because you, the best lessons are in loss. I mean, they simply right. are. Whether yeah. they're on the sports field or in life, as as miserable and as as uh, just as terrible as a loss of a of a parent can be, or or you know, a, a God forbid, a spouse, whatever. Some of the best lessons you learn are through loss, and you just yeah. can't be protected from everything right no we can't you know we can't i don't have kids but we can't as a society raise our kids and uh 
bubble padded uh, costumes. I mean, kids have to fail and suffer. They do. They to, have to, to fail to learn how to be adults. That's you can't, exactly right. Right, and and in colleges, you know, colleges are great places, and they've taken a lot of heat lately, and, and some fair and some not. But I mean, there's not a safe space in the real world. Like you have to deal. There with is stuff. not. Man. We, we can't you, you, stop freedom of, no. of thought and and uh, speak. You know, and again, there's a line. You don't want hate speech at your college, but at the same time, like we have to be able to. To hear these people and not need a safe space. One hundred percent, right? <laughs> so yes, and safe spaces are an odd thing, and and maybe they're from the people. I still go back to uh, my daughter is th- our daughter is thirty, so she was maybe two, and this is twenty eight years ago. So do the math on that. Nineteen ninety three, ninety four, and this is the truth. I know it sounds cliched, but we're at no, no names will be mentioned. We're at a gathering. And this friend of hers who's two or three years old, she's got a fork and she's trying to stick it in an outlet. So I go over and I say, no, no, honey, don't do that. Don't do that, please. Well, her mother comes over who was a friend and a fine person and she says, oh... We don't tell her no. We try to redirect her energy in a positive way. Well, you know, that's great, but right. your energy is going to really get directed in a positive way if you stick that fork in that damn outlet. So I hope so, you told her that. Yeah. So, you know, you're, there's two words you're going to hear your entire life. One is yes and one is no. That's just the way it is. You yeah. and I can't change that, Tristan. As much yeah. as we might be sympathetic, we right. can't change that. Yeah. You have to get used to hearing the word no. It's a very right. fine word that is used. I don't think anybody yet is called for the abolition of the word no, right? No, you're because exactly you right. Because you hear it all the time, so get used to it. Yeah, and I sure hope if I'm ever going towards a socket with a fork, <laughs> somebody has the audacity to tell me no. I, we will, it will be appreciated. We'll redirect your energy, yeah. Oh, man. Man, so, on that note, that Yeah, I don't know if we good. solved anything, but hopefully there's, you know... Yeah, uh, hopefully maybe folks will look at both sides of it at least. That's all you can do. I mean, I think yeah. that's all you can do because like everything in life, there are two sides. There's really not a right or a wrong. And uh, some of those old guys like me, you, you, you got to move the ball a little bit down the field. Right. And it's just nice to be open-minded. You know, I like I like talking to open-minded people, even when they come out of it with the exact same point of view. But, you know, you give it a chance. You know, and sometimes you change your mind. Sometimes you change somebody else's mind. Right. But there, there's never progress if you never learn from anyone else. That's right. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So yeah, best, good, best good of luck to, to, to Simone and, and yeah, best of luck to dealing Simone. with Absolutely. mental illness. Uh, 100%. Best yeah. of luck to that young lady. She seems like a, a, a wholesome young person who's had, you know, had some, had some great success and had some terrible struggles. And, you know, like the rest of us, she's certainly very human. Right. And, I, and one of the things I always say <laughs> every time I'm having a conversation with mental health, usually with my wife, because I don't talk to many people. <laughs> but, you know, those girls and a lot of those uh, – U.S. gymnastics girls have been uh, messed with by Dr. Nasser. Oh my God! You know what? Like that creep. You you can't. There's <sighs> you can't put a. I don't know. A, a, you can't tell somebody how to feel after a lifetime of something like that. No, that's like, right. And and the fact that most of those girls have come out of that seem not unscathed wouldn't be fair to say, but still competing and still you know okay. Like God bless them all. Like well, that's a, a miserable. It goes back to. Um, the this is way off the subject, but back to the mental health and how somebody could be affected. It goes back to the priests of the 40s, 50s, 60s. You know what was so hideous? 70s. What was so hideous about that? In addition to the, their acts, but then they would say to the young boy, uh, and this is in a book called Angela's Ashes, Frank McCord, who passed away a few years ago. Oh, he, he was an Irish immigrant, right? Yeah. And he talked about it in the 40s. This was going on in the 50s. So the priest would molest, fondle you, and then would say, 
you know, what you just did was a mortal sin. And if you tell anyone, you'll go to hell, which meant parents, which meant, so now, so now think about that, right? Yeah. So not only are you having to deal with what the heck yeah. he, you're told by this most powerful person, most respected person, you know, if you talk about this, you're going to hell. Oh my God. Talk about a burden. Right. Now, how do you not wind up scarred from that? Yeah. And these poor girls that have uh, had this doctor, I'm sure, oh, this is just a routine checkup. I'm oh, supposed to be touching you here. And then you, right. and then uh, one of the girls, and this was in the same Costas interview I referenced earlier, was uh, saying that they would talk about it in practice. And one of the, I don't know if it was a coach or, uh, you know, one of their overlings, whatever they were, assistant coaches, like, how dare you talk about right. Dr. Nasser? Sure. He's the finest doctor. Exactly. You know, whatever. And it's, um, man. Much just, the same reaction that a mother would, in the would 70s have, would have had would, if you mentioned about your something priest. about the priest. Absolutely. Exactly. And the sick thing about these people, the Nassers and the, the Catholic priests who've done this, they're unfortunately very good at it. Yeah, right. So it's, yeah. it's that's that's very true, and and so that was completely wrong. So we've moved the ball on that, and that can be nothing but a good thing. Um, but you know, along the way, there's a lot of, as I said, bruised knees, and 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 there's a huge learning curve, and sometimes you know. It, man, it's you go down some places where you maybe don't want to find yourself because you can sound rather insensitive. But the kind of the whole sexual harassment thing now, it's wonderful that this is all being exposed. Cuomo, of course, most prominently now. But are there some, I hate to say women, but largely women who may have used that to get back at someone they didn't like? Yeah, I suppose that's a thing, right? So where yeah. how, how you deal with all that? That's where it really gets tough. Right. And that's why, you know, I think you, you try to believe first, but you can't ruin somebody's life over things exactly. that, you know, you have to be able may to... may not have happened. Right. You know, and oh my God. So yeah, it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, that there's, that it's unfortunate that that's even a topic for discussion. Right. But it is a topic for discussion. It's a tough one. I'd like to have right. a female with us if we're discussing it. So to your so point, when before, we are, she yeah. might she might say to us, "You are idiots. That's not even a thing." But yeah. you sound like a typical man saying <laughs> that. You know, right? And, uh, you ever see The Accused? You ever see Jodie Foster? She won an Academy Award for it. That was a brutal movie, man. No, it's probably mid '90s, and it's uh, it's essentially. She is raped in a bar, gang raped. A brutal movie, but she's amazing and won the Academy Award. Oh, my ride's here. Nice. <laughs> uh, but um, it it all revolves around the way she was dressed and it goes to court. You know, there's a trial and, and, and she winds up being the accused. Yeah. She was raped because of how she dressed and how she flirted oh and how gosh. she carried herself in the bar. And it's like, really? You know, yeah. this is... That this is what she deserved, you know. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, in like so many other things, like we've really come a long way. Thank goodness on this. Yes, but you're still going to exactly. have some isolated cases of situations where it's, and that's the thing. I think that's why you always believe the victim first, right? Because more than likely, you're not going to come out and say something like that just for craps and giggles, right? And you almost said it. And, yeah, uh, did. which it is a podcast you can, but we try to be family. You try to avoid it. Try to f- family friendly. So, but, so yeah. So you try to believe first, but then you also you can't. You, you know, know, and, the- and to that same point, Tris, and, and you got to put some faith in the authorities. I mean, uh, investigators, police officers, so, so forth. They are trained, and they're generally pretty good on in separating the truth from the fiction. Right now, as you said, the people that do this are often highly skilled. Right. You know, you don't really probably want to match wits with a Ted Bundy. He's 
he's probably right. going to win. Yeah. But, you know, they're pretty good at ascertaining when somebody's genuine and when they're just BSing. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> That's another topic. All right, yeah. we got a bunch of topics, but I guess we need to wrap this one yeah, up. Yeah, we touched them all up, so... Uh, well, I guess back next Thursday, maybe. All right. For the folks cool. listening, that's completely arbitrary. So <laughs> check us uh, check us out on Facebook. That's Tristan and Ray Extreme Common Sense. Uh, hopefully, Ray's going to be manning that Facebook. No, I, I keep I'm, waiting I'm, for I'm that there. text I'm message there. to there. say I'm in. So, okay. Hopefully. <laughs> enough. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. I know we're, we're kind of all over the place. We're just uh, trying to trying to find some middle ground, have a good Script time. Script might be an idea, but then it could be boring. Yeah, so. we, yeah, we, then we wouldn't say anything completely uh, <laughs> racist and homophobic and awful and get canceled. So, we're trying to get canceled. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.